When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome back to another episode where you get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Today, we're going on a journey, a journey of discovery, one that I'm sure all of us can relate to. Have you ever experienced a time in your life when you were blindsided by something or someone that strips you of all of your confidence, robbing you of everything that you have ever worked for. Our guest today has, and she has spent the past several years coming to terms and rebuilding her reputation and her life. She is here to talk about her story and how she was able to outwit the fear that threatened to take her down. So let's all please welcome to Charged Up Studio, Miss Lisa Beth Thomas. Yay! Good morning. Yes, good morning. I, I, I want to take that opening script. That I've never heard something like that. That was amazing. Oh, Love thank that, you. Thank Love you. That. No, I've, I've, you know, I can associate with what you're going to talk about today. You know, I've gone through it myself. So, yeah, you, you know, and, and it's important. Yeah, and it's important that we remember um, that we're not alone yeah. in a lot of this stuff, you know? So, um, I understand you go by LB rather than Lisa Beth. Is Correct. that okay? That All is right. okay. Makes it, makes it easier when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny cause you're Dana uh-huh. and, and of course most people know Dana's and I right. have another friend who's Dana and it took me the longest time to get my head to switch to Dana. And so then I was so excited because I was like, oh, there's another one. Okay, I already know. <laughs> I think I've only met like three other Danas in my lifetime, okay. which is which is 65 years. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, she is beautiful too and oh. an amazing woman. So maybe that's part of your name. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so anyway, so... You know, we've all experienced hardships in our lives and, and lives that have made us strong individuals in the end. As the song goes, what doesn't kill you makes us stronger, right? Right, right. Thank you, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> so what attracted me to your story, though, is the approach you took to overcoming what was holding you back. You uncovered the deep-seated fears that were sabotaging your life. And instead of just overcoming them, you outwitted them. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to learn more about this. But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how everything went down? Well, we had, I've been in advertising and marketing my entire life in production. And 
we had a seven-figure ad agency production company in Austin. We were doing, you know, extremely well, having a blast on red carpets, interviewing celebrities, working with Robert Rodriguez and Disney and Miramax and all these great things and invited to all the parties and really well connected. And we had been doing it for 14, 15 years and loved it, had, had, had clients as, as, as long as we were in business. So everything was great. My partner was also my husband and I knew, honest to God, Dana, I knew early on, probably even before we were married that I shouldn't marry him. I, I knew that in my gut, the way he treated and just how he, how he was. I was like, but I laugh because I, I tell my girlfriends, I should have gotten a t-shirt made that said, I, I wanted to marry so badly. I married so badly. You know, I, <laughs> and, and it's true. I mean, he had some great qualities about him. So I don't want to make him out to be, you know, because he had some amazing qualities and he was a, 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 a really good numbers guy, all those things. But I just, there was just, I just knew. So yeah. as we got going, the, there was things that were going on behind the scenes that I was not aware of. And one of the things that happened is, and again, he was in charge of all of our operation side of it, that there was a point where he decided not to file three years of our personal taxes. And I'm doing my thing, creative production, I knew he was pushing back on some of the numbers with the IRS and he was, you know, there was some of that, but I didn't realize he had just, I didn't realize there was three years of, and so I don't know if you know how much interest and penalty of three years daily <laughs> adds up. On a seven figure business. On a, and well, this was on our personal, not our business. So that, you know, oh, so that's okay. good. but, okay. but, but still, I mean, on our, on our income and, yeah. For seven, one of them was for six years. One was for seven years. I, you know, I, I just unbelievable. So when it finally came to head, it was like, oh my God, you know, they'll lean on the house, you name it. And wow. what happened is that we were in the process of divorcing. Cause I knew there was at a point where I was like, I, I, this is not working. And, and I stayed in the, there as long as I possibly could, because a couple things one was I didn't want another divorce because I'd been married before. I, our kids had blended really well and we had a blended family. Um, we had a business, we had clients, we had employees, you know, and I didn't want to go down that. Right. But I just wore this mask and you and I talked about this and our, our call earlier. Yeah. I just wore this mask that everything was fine. Everything was fine. And I'm just going to work it out. I'm a trooper. I'll make it happen. But inside I was dying. So when I finally pulled the plug on the marriage, um, all this, all this bubbled up and all this mess. And so he pleaded hardship with the IRS because he was out of the business. So the IRS just basically, he had had a very small stipend he had to pay, but the rest of it came to me, came to the house, came to the business. So I'm talking, you know. I'm talking over six figures of money. And so when the IRS came in and started scooping out money from the business, 
I kept saying, that's not my money. That's media buy money and that's client money. And that's my, you know, and it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Even if it's a a corporation, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because it was um, a way for them to get revenue. And I, at that time owned that business. I am an LLC or I was an LLC, I should say. I was an LLC, but, but okay. it, it still, there was revenue, there was dollars. How much can you take out of that? You know, anyway, and then the lien on the house. And I was robbing Peter to pay Paul for so long because I was trying to take care of this and keep that and keep that uh, house of cards from falling. Meanwhile, you know, I have employees, I have clients, my creativity, my self-esteem, my confidence is in the toilet. Right. Because I'm just a mere shell of myself. And finally, through it all, I had to dissolve the business because I just couldn't do it. And people said to me, why don't you just go get a new business? Well, I don't, your listeners and you probably have been there when you're at your bottom. Yeah. When you, you, you have, just, yeah. You, you're, you're at the bottom. You're not ready to jump right into the same thing. You've got to take a step back and you've got right. to really start exploring, okay, where did things go wrong? Where did things go how wrong? Did, how did I trust him so much? How, how could I have been so blind? Right. And, and what was, why did I? What was going on with me? Why did I not stand up for myself? Why did I not push back? And that was the questions. But so when, when people said, just go get new business and all good conscience, I knew what was happening in my world and I knew that it was crumbling and I couldn't hold it together. The thought of going out and putting a smile on my face and acting like I could be crazy creative for these people and take their money, knowing that it wasn't right because I was probably going to go to the IRS. I, I just couldn't do it. My integrity was like, yeah. I can't, I can't do this. Well, and, and that's important because I tell my clients all the time, transparency is critical and yeah. you cannot have transparency when one half of your life is a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be upfront. You have to be transparent and you have to be honest. Yeah. So you need to take care of what it is that is, really um because they can see through it they can see through the 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 fake mask and ultimately it's going to come back and bite you in the ass right you know so and i and i i did it i did it well i think because I, so at that time I had to dissolve the business and then, then sell the house and pay off i think it was $92,000 on that lien um and that was made August 9th. And in July 17th, my mom died. So it was like, bam, bam, bam. My sister called me and I was like, are are you kidding? (laughs) Oh dear God. And uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And so like you said, so where I was going with that was that because I had been a person of integrity and followed through and was consistent with our clients, the great thing was, is that when I, I had to tell everybody, I'm, and nobody knew, my close friends knew something was wrong. My kids knew something was wrong, but they didn't know how bad. Right. Now, luckily my kids were grown and out of the house. But um, so when I let my clients know, nobody dissed me, nobody, and all the media, I had to write all the media. We had media deals with 
across, well, out of the country too. And I had to email them and call them and tell them what was happening. Mm -hmm. And only one station, one station was negative to me. Everybody else was, how can we help? What can we do? I had a couple job offers from a couple of the TV stations saying, we'll help you. What do you need? So that was amazing. Right. What was great is that one, the one station that was not nice to me went to one of my clients and was just about what was happening. Mm -hmm. And my client was awesome. And he said, it's not like she took the money and went to Mexico. Right. She's homeless. <laughs> She's lost everything. What is wrong with you people? And really? I love that he stood up for me because it was. And so, and that's because of the relationship you had built prior right. to all of this happening. Yes. So, so you've lost your business, your home, your mom, all within a four month period. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, did, I, that did I really drink, affect you? Did I drink heavily? Yes. Yes. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Now I had no money, so it was really crappy cheap wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and friends would say to me, or somebody asked me, uh, was I depressed? And I've not. I've never been depressed that I could consciously say I knew I was depressed. And I was like, no. And then I later thought, well, if crying all day at work, coming home, buying the bottom shelf crappy bottle of wine, you know, the $7 bottle of wine every night, crawling in bed and drinking wine and going to sleep and starting over. Yeah, I guess, I guess I was. Yeah. So, and see, and that, and, and that was my next question is obviously you had to have been depressed. I've gone through, you know, depression myself and didn't even acknowledge that I was doing it until, you know, one day I'm sitting in the car at a red light and all of a sudden I'm crying, but I have no idea why I'm crying, you know, and right. stuff like that. And, and so that depression kind of, you know, sneaks up on you. Okay. Yeah. So the triggers, the triggers that finally got you to move forward, what were they? Oh, that's a good question. The triggers that finally got me to move forward were I couldn't stand who I'd become. I was so distrusting. I was so angry. I was so hurt. I was a shell of myself. I would look down and literally go, where did I go? What happened yeah. to me? But here, here is the big, the big thing. And this is the biggest thing that happened. It's when I stopped, don't, let me back up. I allowed myself to grieve. And I think that's really important yeah. because Again, people say, just pull yourself up, go on out. And I get that. I am a positive whatever person. But right. what you just said, Dana, is so true. You had had it shoved down. You had it. So it comes out when you don't, it doesn't, it, it comes out. It just comes out. It just, it comes, just out. comes out. Yeah. So I allowed, I gave myself some time to grieve. I lost it all. Yeah. I was sleeping on people's couches. My mom's gone. I can't even call my mom to tell her what's going on. Um, so. I allowed myself to grieve, but I didn't stay there. And that was the big thing. And I remember wallowing in my self-pity. And I got so sick of me telling my story to other people, validating my story, how horrible this is. And all of a sudden, I one day said, what's my responsibility in this? That's exactly when, it. Yeah. And when I stopped blaming everyone else, is when my life turned around because I can't control what anybody else does, No, but I can only control what I do. And when I realize and how you react to it, right. 
And so yeah. how, when I asked myself that question, I said, what is my responsibility? And I stopped blaming is when my life shifted. And so that oh. was the key trigger. Right. So how did you move forward then? Once you, once you, you've identified and you've realized, okay, I have my responsibility in what happened to me as well. How did you start moving forward? I, I started really looking deep. I started digging because I saw patterns in my life. Mm -hmm. I saw patterns of avoiding. I was the queen of avoidance. And I used to laugh because I would say I swept so many things under the rug because I didn't want to deal with them that I would trip over them, trip over the bump because I was just like, I don't want to deal. But when you don't deal, like we just talked about, they're still there. They're still there. So yeah. when I, I looked at why I avoided, I looked at why I didn't say, no, this is not going to happen. And no, I'm not going to get screwed. And no, you know, I just rolled out. And then I realized how afraid I was, how much fear I had. But the thing was, it wasn't in my face that I had fear. I, it was back here. Yeah. So I, allow, I allowed things to happen to me out of my fear. And that's so, where I came, came up. That's why I say it's sabotage. Right, right. So um, if, you, if you think about this, okay, and I told you in the very beginning, I could relate to what you were going through because when it comes to fear, okay, and in the discovery process of identifying where that fear is coming from, you all of a sudden realize it's something you have struggled with your entire life. This incident just latched on. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in your discovery process, what, what realizations did you come to as far as your relationships and your business? What were some of the, some, what were some of the realizations that came up and stared you in the face and said, I understand now. I understand now. Yeah. I the biggest one for me, and I'm going to bet that a lot of your listeners and viewers are going to get this, and I'm going to guess more women than men, but I could be wrong. I, one of the biggest thing I came up with was that I really felt I was worthy and not good enough. And those are two fears. I'm not, I'm not worthy of this success and I'm not good enough to have it or to, to, to speak up. My opinion really doesn't matter because but you know how that translated into business? I undervalued myself yeah. all the time. And that's the point that all the, I would, we would work up a proposal and I would always undercut myself always. And then, and then when I went through this process, I realized people are making thousands if not millions of dollars off of my creativity and my ideas why shouldn't I get valued for that? Why shouldn't yep. I get paid for that? Mm -hmm. But because it was going back here, yep. I just kept justifying yeah. it. Oh, you know, I don't want to, what if they say no, you know? You know what that boils down to? And, and it was a realis realization I came to with my own, on my own self, you know, or with my own self is that fear, it translates into, okay, I'm a smart individual. I can do what I want. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do and everything. But the belief is only part of the equation. The receiving is the other. 
And if you can't receive, you know, the rewards for your belief, and this is where you were going, okay? You didn't think that you were good enough to receive those rewards. Right. You know, for what Absolutely. you were able to do. And I also didn't promote myself. I have a, a good friend of mine, Lisa Copeland, would get so mad at me because she would introduce myself. And she is the networking, you know, connection queen. Right. And I would introduce myself and she would say, oh, my God, Lisa Beth worked on Hope Floats. She works with Robert Rodriguez. She, but, you know, and she would and she would say, you have got to start. You got to start tooting your own horn. Right. <laughs> and I didn't want to be arrogant about it. But then I thought, why not? Yeah. I'm good at what I yeah. do. I, I'm an expert at what I do. But again, like you just said, it was that belief and I just didn't know it. There was that right. fear and it held me back. And yeah, it held me exactly back in my it. personal relationships too. Because again, yeah. I wouldn't stand up for myself. My opinion became second. I wanted to make right. sure everybody else was good because I want everybody to like me. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a good one? Uh, oh, so yes. so oh, many yes. of us can relate to that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. So you refer to outwitting fear. Can you explain to the audience the difference between outwitting and out overcoming fear? I don't know in my lifetime if I'll ever overcome my fear because it still pops up. I'm working on a proposal right now. And right away I start going, well, maybe, and I go, stop it. You know, of course you are. And that's one of the key things when you realize what your fear is to recognize it as soon as possible and then look at it straight in the face. Right. So that's why I called it outwitting fear because it still shows up. It still pops up, but I have come up with ways to outwit it. And hopefully one day I'll be completely, I'll overcome it, but I don't know if anybody really does because we've carried them all of our lives. And this is a, a really cool thing, I Dana, is that we're only born with two fears. We're born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That's it. We're born with those? We're wow. born with those. That is it. So wow. everything else we've learned, and you think about it, we've, you know, especially if you're a young child and you've learned these and you're 65, I'm 62. How long have we been carrying? What is that cellular memory? I know. That's been going on for yeah. probably. 58, five, however long it's been going on for yeah. me. So it's not something I, I, that people will say, oh, good. Well, then I never have to worry about that again. Yeah, you do. It'll come back up. But That's you know, the key. But you know, it's, it's that fear that has made us both strong women too. Okay. Because knowing that fear, where you're going with as far as um, outwitting is understanding the triggers right? and knowing those triggers so that once those triggers start kicking in, you say, no, you're not going to do it. You're not going to you know, take me down again, that type deal. And, but it's, it takes a strong personality to be able to recognize that and not back down, right? you know, and not right. cower to that fear. Right. You know, for I the know. longest time after my accident down in Brazil, you know, um, it, it was a, because I was going through PTSD, I knew I could um, overcome the physical aspects of the accident. But the PTSD, the emotional and the mental, that was harder than anything yeah. to get over. 
And that's where your childhood, the way you were treated in your childhood, you know, in, in, in my case, I had a mother who was constantly putting me down. That's where my insecurities came from, you know, and you grow up with that and you think, okay, I've gotten over this, you know, I'm, I'm past right. it, but it's not. It's not yeah. because every time it happened, every time you are actually building, um, putting building blocks up to kind of offset it, mm-hmm. you know, and all you're doing is burying it down lower and lower just, and lower. That's right. You know? and, and like you said, with your mom, that, you know, your mom is someone that you, you love and trust and believe in. And so yeah. if your mom says something about you, then you're like, wow. Yeah. Maybe you don't think it right away, but it goes back here of, well, maybe she's right. I hear well, it enough. It's, and, and she wasn't, yeah. but, but, but it's there. It and, is. And you can't, you can't um, condemn yourself, you know, because it's stuck in there. It's not you necessarily. It's just the way we're wired, you know, just like with your husband you know, and not seeing what was going on. It's not that you really didn't see it. You trusted him enough. And like you said, you tended to put things, you know, under the sweet things under the rug. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, I do that a lot of times. I'm very trusting, you know, very naive in a lot of things, but I would rather be that way than suspicious all the time. And see, that was, that was, I didn't date for, I didn't even look to date for three and a half years. And, and my kids would say, mom, you know, you really, it's time to get out, find somebody. And, and I'm like, I'm good. I, I don't want to go down this again. Yeah. And uh, that same Lisa Copeland, my friend, we were out one night and she said, oh, if you want to start going out and she looked at me, she goes, this isn't going to last long looking at me, like you get out there, you know, kind of as I'm getting older. And I, I laughed and I, I've, I met my, my guy, David, we've been together about five and a half years and you're talking about being suspicious because of all my hurt. I don't even know why he stayed with me. I was so, I mean, he, he would look and I, what are you looking at? You know, I'd be like, what, what, what? And I was so distrusting and luckily he believed in me before I did. And I remember one day I was on the phone with him and I'll never forget. I was accusing him of something. I don't even remember. Uh, and he probably, and the guy is the nicest human being in the planet. So um, I was accusing him and I stopped dead in my tracks, Dana. And I'll never forget. I drew, I literally drew a line in front of me and I went, I got to draw a line. I got to stop this. Yeah. What is wrong with you? And I, I said to him right then, I said, I am so sorry. I'm looking at you through the cracked lenses of my past. Yeah. And that is so unfair to you. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. And I'm drawing the line in the sand right now because I'll, I'll lose you, probably the nicest person or whoever, you know, not that it was just yeah. David, but whoever. Yeah. And I'm going to be someone that I despise. So yeah. I had to make that conscious decision that right. it's going to stop now. Again, I took responsibility. It had nothing to do with anything he was doing. It was all from my crap that I was dragging along with me. Right. And, and, and that's important to, to understand as business leaders, okay, um, we need to understand that our personal lives are going to spill over into our business lives. Mm-hmm. 
And if we cannot get a handle on our emotions, on what's going on personally or in the business, we'll spill over in our, in our you know, uh, personal lives. If we can't get a handle on it and be able to accept the fact of our responsibility and what's happening, you know, rather than putting the blame on everything, you know, right. I, you know, probably about my husband and I have been married about 37 years now, almost 37 years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And um, about 10 years in, you know, um, it finally dawned on me that I was looking to him to make me happy. And I had to accept the fact that until I made myself happy and I was happy with myself, he wasn't. And when I went to him and told him that, he says, you don't know the weight that was lifted off my shoulders by that, you know. That's and so in, huge. It is. Yeah. And so it's important for us and especially women business owners, okay, who tend to doubt their capabilities. You know, men, they have no problem. You know, very few men, my husband, I mean, he doesn't care what other people think. He knows he's good. He, you know, yeah. he, you know yeah. he has no problem. Women feel that need to prove themselves all the time. And we shouldn't have to do that. You know, we're good at what we do and what we don't know, we need to be able to accept the fact, look, mm -hmm. I'm not good at this. Right. You know. Or, or um, it's my fault that, you know, things are, you know, in disarray right now. Right. So, you know, we have to be able to accept the fact that, you know, it's not wrong to let our vulnerability show through. That's one thing I have found over the, the 12 years that I have been out on my own is the more I showed my vulnerability, the stronger my customer base became. Yeah. You Isn't know? that true? It, it is yeah. because they're no longer just clients. You know, they are actually friends. They are relationships. And they trust when I come to them and tell them, you need to be doing this or you need to be thinking about this. They will take a step back and they'll think about it. You know, I'll have a conversation with somebody in a 30 minute consultation and they'll walk away and they'll say, oh, my God, I didn't even think of it that way. That's or, so great. You just opened up my eyes. That's what they're looking for is they're looking for someone who they can connect with because their businesses are their lives. Right. And, and they're going through their things. Yes. That's one of the things I, I always try to everybody to remember that. I don't care who you are. You're going through your stuff. They're going through their stuff. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you brought up vulnerability. I was the founding president of Texas Women in Business. And so here I am. I don't remember why I was standing. I wasn't president anymore. It was like five years into yeah. it, six, seven mm -hmm. years. Um, but I was on stage, a couple hundred women in the audience. And I don't remember why I was up there. I was introducing somebody. I don't remember. But here I am faking this fakeness. And I'm living on somebody's couch and all these women are looking at me like, dun, 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 she's made it. Look at her. Yeah. And I just went to do what I was supposed to do. And I went, I've got to tell you all something. And I just verbally vomited everything that had happened in my life and that I, I everything I've told you and probably more. And the line of women that came up 
to tell me, thank you for sharing that because I'm exhausted. I, I'm faking it. I'm you, inside. You changed their perception of you from being up on a pedestal. Untouchable. To being, to being on their level. Right. And that just opens up that relationship. You know, and we can learn from each other. I can tell you, I've learned from so many of my girlfriends, you know, how to manage my feelings, how to manage my fears, right. you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, definitely. So I understand you have, um, no, a few years have passed since losing everything. Right. So where are you now? I am now at uh, the top of my game, but in a different way. I am loving life. I'm in a, I'm, my confidence is back. Business, I'm working with clients that I just enjoy. And what's beautiful is that my whole team, we still work together, but we're not under a roof. So depending on the project that I grab, an advertising marketing production product, I call the team, whoever needs to be involved in that team. I'm been doing a lot of speaking on fear and outwitting fear and marketing and all types of things. But I, I really have outwitted the fear. And that's where I am. I'm in, in a healthy, happy relationship. Business is amazing. And what was really funny, I know um, when I was telling you that I had to call all the clients and tell them that I was no longer an agency because mm -hmm. I can't buy in this market anymore. I can't, I, I just, because I still, you know, I owed them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget D.R. Horton. I don't know if you know D.R. Horton, the home builder. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our clients, we have, we have the Central Texas had the, uh, ad mm -hmm. group. And I emailed him, called him, told him dissolve, blah, blah, blah. And then Christmas came around. I got the call. Hey, great. For Christmas, the campaign we want to do is, and I said, did you, do you remember that I called you? Do you remember that I had to dissolve my business? And they're like, yes, we do. But the ideas we have for crit, they, they did, they were like, keep going, keep going, I mean, it, keep going. And it was amazing. And so yeah. one of my, my main number one girl in the company, Kelly, she then opened a media buying business. So I would do creative. She would do the media buying. All the money would flow through her. So there was no co-mingling. And so all of our clients kept working with us. It was, it was amazing. Isn't but, it amazing how you can, you can figure out how to make it work when right. you take a step back and reevaluate, you know? Right. Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's, I am so glad to hear that, you know, things have worked out. I want to ask, okay, what about the X? But we don't need to get into I, that. I, I have not, I ran into him one time. I have not seen him in six years. I, I don't even talk to him. I don't even know where, I don't know where he is. I don't care. I want, I wish him yeah. well. I wish him many blessings. And when I got to that point as well, when I got over my, oh my God, and started just blessing him and say, good luck to you. That's it. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing for me is the healthy brain I have right now. And you said it earlier. There's so many times that something will come up and we go, oh, I'm afraid of that. Or why does that piss me off? You know, what is yes. that trigger that's pissing me off? Because it may not piss you off, but it's pissing me off. Yes. Well, there's usually a fear tied to the bottom of that. What is making you afraid? And that's the that's the key. When you're in that mode, 
And sometimes people will say, well, I have a fear of, um, uh, uh, of a fear of failure. I have a fear of that. Those are, that's a big fear. That's a big but fear. Big fear. But I, I, was, I was talking to this guy the other day. He said, my fear of failure. And I said, okay, well, what would happen if you fail? And this is part of the course of outwitting fear. Right. What happens if you fail? And then he would share. And then, well, then what would happen? What would that do to your heart? We worked all the way down where all of a sudden he went, I'm afraid my family wouldn't love me anymore. And that's what it all boils down to getting to the base bottom, bottom of, you know, um, right. where did, where did my fear come from as right. far as my mental health after the accident? Okay. Right. Because then you can outwit it because once you know what it is, then you right. go, oh, wait, of course my family is going to love me. And of course I'm not, but that is what's driving this. Yeah. But you yeah. can't deal with anything until you know what it is and you can call it by name. And so for me, let's say with David, if we're, you know, if something comes up and all of a sudden my insecurity comes back up or my, my not being good enough and it'll pop up and he'll, he'll say to me, um, what are you doing? What do you, you know, what are you thinking about? And I'll say, well, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to think out, is, am I just mad at you or is this my insecurity? And if it's my stuff, I go, oh, like you said earlier, I know what you are. And that didn't work for me in the past. Go away. Exactly. But I, exactly. I had, I have to see it, name it, and then do something. I don't want to shove it down because yeah. it will come out. It'll come out with maybe a reaction instead of a response. I'll say something I wish I didn't yeah. say. Yeah. But taking that three to five seconds, so that's all your brain needs to that's go from reaction. Needs. It's all. Yeah. So yeah. take that moment and go, what is this? Why am I doing this? Why, what is driving this? And then respond. And, yeah. and I'm proud to say in five and a half years since, and, and David has done the course and all that, we've, I don't think we've actually ever fought because the minute we get there, we discuss it. And it's- That's good. It That's is good. good. That is yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, this course that you're, um, that you offer, tell us a little bit about that. So the course is- uh, an amazing course. It takes just about an hour. And it truly is. It's I'm on video talking through the steps of fear, having people identify the triggers, what we just talked about when they get trapped and what is the core fear beneath it. And they go walk through that process to get down that core fear. And what's nice is you, you can do the course over and over and over again, and just change whatever is that's come up for you and walk through. And then what are the steps when you're down there? What are the steps you're going to take? So it doesn't take long. Um, I priced it under a hundred bucks because I wanted to be a pair of shoes. I wanted to be a nice dinner. I wanted everybody to yeah. do it because the freedom that comes from that. I had a woman that she, we talked about it for a year about doing it. She actually bought the course over a year ago and she finally called me and said, I don't want to know. I'm afraid to know what my fears are. I'm afraid. And then about, mm, Two months ago, she texted me and said, are you awake? And it was 1030 at night. And I said, yeah. And she called me and she said, I finally did it. Oh my God, I have so much. Free. Thank you. Thank you. It was beautiful. So it's again, wow. being willing to get down there because that's where you're going to find that nugget of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. You know, when, when I was fighting the, the, the fear of not being able to, you know, with the, with the mental side of things, once we got down there, the, what we identified as my fear, it's not the mental side, it's remembering because I don't remember the accident. 
okay? I don't remember the pain. I don't remember getting hit or anything. And my biggest fear was by recalling the accident, I would ah. feel the pain again. Okay. And so I was wow. scared of doing that. So I wouldn't, for the longest time, I wouldn't talk about the accident. I did not want to relive it. You know, my daughter had gone on to YouTube, found the accident on YouTube. Wow. You know, and I wouldn't watch the video or anything like that. And finally they said, no, you need to accept it. It's not going to come back, you know, um, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, being able to go and watch that video and, and, and they told me, they said, you've got to use this story. This is your story for right. Mark Anatomy. This is your story for your business. You've got to use it. And now it's gotten to the point where it's, yeah, I can talk about it, you know, and, and use it as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what's critical here. So is there, are there any other last tips you want to give our audience? The, the biggest, I'm going to go back to the, the, the biggest tip I can give is accept responsibility. Again, oh, yeah. if, you, if you're, if you're, and, and that, I think that's the biggest learning lesson that we can all do. If right. you're sitting there right now, I'm not talking about you, Dana, but if you're yeah. at home right now, or if you're at business and you're saying they did this, they did that. How come stop, take responsibility, take right. some action. You can only control yourself can't control anybody else. So if somebody is screwing with you, we'll take action on that. Yeah. So you yeah. deserve it. Take action. If there's a fear, and I, I find this a lot when I work with companies, when people don't stand up to clients or don't push back because they have that fear of not being loved. They have yeah. that fear of, oh, what if I'm going to lose my job? I, you know, I'm not good enough, so I better not say anything. But yeah. you are. You are all those things. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to make everybody happy all the time and don't plan on it. Yeah. You yeah. really no, aren't. Exactly but again, it's going back to undervaluing right. who we are. And once you right. really get that on you, when you get that, I am valuable, right. but I have to say matters. Yeah. yeah. So um, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and how okay. they can register for the course should they want it. Easy. My uh, website is lisabeththomas.com, which is real easy. And then there is an email connection there, or they can just email me at lb at lisabeththomas.com. You can get a link to Outwitting Fear from there or outwittingfear.com direct. But okay. when you go in, if you choose to take the course, there's a promo code put in podcast. I put that in to get 10% off. I put that in this morning. So if anybody wants to have a discount and say, hey, let me try it. So it, it is so well worth it. I've not had one person take this course that did not write back and say, thank you. Thank Excellent. you. I, I had, a, I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you this one story really, really fast. I had a friend of mine who took it and called me and said, I'm exhausted. I said, from, <laughs> from the course? And she said, no. She said, but I realized my fear of not being good enough. I didn't know that. I never put words to it. She said, but when my mom came, when I was a young girl and my parents divorced and my mom came and got my sister and took her and I stayed here with my dad, I watched my mom with my sister getting in the car from the living room window and went, why am I not good enough for her to take me? Yeah. 
Why doesn't she love me? And she was my entire life has been spent wanting people to love me and like me and I'm exhausted, but now I know why. So it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that concludes our podcast for today. Yay. Let's uh, please leave a, a review on any of the streaming platforms that you're listening to us on or go to our charged up studio Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Market Academy, Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically for micro-business owners. Um, for more information or to register for many of our courses, go to marketatomy.academy. So that's it, folks. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Charged Up Studio, where small micro-businesses get charged up for success. And thank you, LB. For joining Thank us you. Today. Thank you, Dana. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.